<laughs> Every day I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now here's the question. Do you believe you're blessed? And do you live like you're blessed? Now, part, part of the problem, as I see it, is that recognizing that we're blessed is that oftentimes we think it's something we pursue. And I think it jams us up. By and large, we often confuse being blessed with getting what makes us happy. You know, what would it take for you to realize that you're blessed? Again, I, I think where we get confused is that because some of you, when I ask what would it take for you to realize that you're blessed, what you thought about was what would it take to make you happy, which takes you in a different direction. And I, I want to talk, before we jump in, I want to talk a little bit about happiness. I was reading a uh, study, Psychology Today, they uh, asked 52,000 Americans, what would it take to make you happy? And people said things like more friends, uh, more exciting social life, uh, a great job, uh, falling in love, uh, more recognition in their life, uh, more sex, uh, better financial situation, a new home, being a parent, uh, being more attractive, uh, living in a, in a certain place, and so what was interesting about it was that almost everything that people said would make them happy were external things instead of internal things. And in fact, it is a popular concept, and we've talked about this many times, that happiness is found in having the right circumstances in your life. And it's the when-then when thinking, you know, when I make X amount of money, then I'll be happy. You know, when I get that job, then I'll be happy. You know, when I, when I get that home or that car, then I'll be happy. You know, when I get married, then I'll be happy. When I have kids, then I'll be happy. When my kids leave home, then I'll be happy. <laughs> you know, it, it's about pursuing things to find happiness. Well, there's a guy in the Old Testament by the name of King Solomon, and he went on this quest for happiness. And he says this, he says, I decided to enjoy myself and find out what happiness is, but I found that this is useless too. And it's real interesting. If I could save you a lot of time today, a lot of disappointment, if you would go home today and read Ecclesiastes, the second chapter. And here's kind of the cliff notes of it. This is what I would boil it down. Solomon basically says, I've tried it all. You know, I, I, I found that these things ended up in dead ends in my life. And he talks about accumulating things, that it was a dead end. Experiencing pleasures was a dead end. Uh, achieving success and the fact is that all those things promised a lot, but they delivered very, very little. And what's interesting to me is I think those are the same three things 
that we pursue. We spend an enormous amount of, of time and energy trying to get. And Solomon says, you know what? I had all, I had all the wealth. I had all the success. I had all the prestige. I had all the power. And the fact is, he was the most celebrated and successful person in his day. And I know some of you, just hearing that, you go, well, yeah, but, but if I had the financial octane to get anything I want, I'd be happy. Would you? Oh, it's like Howard Hughes, who at one time was the richest man in the world. And they asked him one time, and said, how, how much does it take to make you happy? And I love his answer because it's so true. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. This is why we get tripped up. In fact, I believe it sets us up on a treadmill of disappointment. Culture will lie to you. You cannot buy happiness. You cannot. Solomon pursued happiness. He has the throttle wide open. You know, he says, I was a king of the empire. I had it all, and it did not make me happy. In fact, he writes this. He says, all is meaningless. He's talking about all the things that he was chasing. It's chasing after the wind. You come up empty. God's way to happiness isn't like the world's way. In fact, God says that it's about having the right attitude in your life. It's about recognizing that you are blessed in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. We're starting this series, uh, Hashtag Blessed. And we're going to look at one of the most famous sermons that was ever delivered. You know, Jesus uh, delivered this. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, He starts the message, and this is really where we're focusing in, on what's known as the Beatitudes. These are positive statements about being blessed. They're attitudes for living that that result ultimately in in happiness. And each of these attitudes, it begins with the word blessed, blessed. And that word blessed in the Greek, it carries the idea of being happy. And so you got, you got blessed and happiness, and they're connected, all right? And Jesus is teaching, and he's saying things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. You know, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled And when you read all of them, it kind of sounds like a contradiction at points. But Jesus is challenging the prevailing thought of the day about being blessed and happiness. And so he's going to turn everything upside down. That happiness is is something that we, we strive for and it'll mess us up. But happiness and being blessed do go together. But neither of them depends on the right uh, circumstance. They depend on the right attitude. Neither depends on the external, but the internal. You know, how you look at things. 
neither of them depend on what's happening around you, but what's happening inside you. You choose the right attitude. Regardless of how you're feeling or what's happening, you are, and some of you are going to take exception to this, but you are as happy as you choose to be. So, a little newsflash. Life is tough. You figured that out? (laughs) Things go wrong. They do not always go your way. You will face disappointment. Count on it. You will have failures. You will be frustrated. But your happiness depends on choosing the right attitude. And this this is really key. And so today we're going to f- focus on this first attitude. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's Jesus mean there? I mean, he's not talking about low self-esteem. He's not talking about you should put yourself down all the time. It's not what he's talking about. Jesus placed a high price on you. In fact, he gave his life for you. You have value you have worth, you have significance. Now, you're not perfect, newsflash. (laughs) We've all sinned, but we are precious to God. So so what's it mean when, when Jesus says poor in spirit? Poor in spirit. It means to depend on God, to recognize your need for God. That's to be poor in spirit. Jesus is talking about a thing called humility. You know, admitting that you don't have it all together, that you haven't arrived, admitting that you're, you're not the center of the universe in your, in your life. The, the fact is, the opposite of um, poor in spirit might be egotistical. So Jesus is saying, if you're arrogant, if, if you believe that you are self-sufficient, that you don't need God, you will never recognize that you are blessed in your life. And get this, you will never be happy. Blessed are the poor in spirit. See, Jesus starts with a very simple statement and a very simple point, that humility and happiness and being blessed are all intertwined with one another. You know, when, when you're humble, when you recognize your need for God, when, when you look at that, the, your life, you realize you're blessed. And when you realize you've been blessed by God, guess what? The result's happiness. Now, how's that possible? Well, First of all, I I believe humility reduces the stress in your life. Anybody got some stress these days? (laughs) Yeah. When When you're humble, when you accept the fact that you don't have it all together, you don't have to solve all the world's problems. You don't have to have all the answers in your life. When you realize everything does not depend on you, 
it takes some pressure off. I mean, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend you got it together when you don't. And you don't have to play God and assume responsibility for things that you're not responsible for. The fact is you, you can live with the tension between the real and the ideal. There's tension there, isn't there? You, you want to live your life a certain way. You want your career to unfold a certain way. You want things in your life that, that you kind of imagine what it would be like. You know, the ideal uh, family, the ideal marriage, the ideal kids, the ideal workplace, uh, the ideal whatever. You, you fill it in. You can live with the reality of the way things actually are. There's always this tension, isn't there, between the ideal in our life and the real in our life. And that never changes. When, when you're humble and depending on God, when you recognize that, that you are blessed in your life, when, when you finally come to that point, you actually can experience happiness in the midst of things. Depending on God actually reduces stress in, in, in your life. Being poor in spirit, having humility changes things. It's, the fact is, uh, struggling with being humble and understanding your dependency on God, if you're honest, most of the problems that you stress out about or because you're trying to do something you weren't designed to do. You're trying to handle everything on your own. And it just messes you up. But, but when you're humble, when you humble yourself before God, when, when you live your life and daily depend on God, what happens is stress goes down and happiness goes up. You are blessed. You are blessed. Humility also blesses your relationships. You know, nobody likes to be around somebody that's egotistical, do they? I mean, the fact is, prideful people tend to be selfish. They, they tend to be self-centered. You know, prideful people are, are never happy. Did you hear that? Never happy. They're never happy, ever. And because they're unhappy, usually what they do is they make everybody around them unhappy. They create uh, havoc most of the times. They, they cause tension. They, they destroy whatever environment they happen to be in because they're not happy. They don't want you to be happy. On the other hand, people who, who are humble, uh, who are real, who don't think they're better than everybody else, who are not trying to impress everybody. The, the fact is, people that live with humility oftentimes have better relationships. You know, Paul uh, writes this. He says, don't act out of selfish ambition or be conceited. Instead, humbly think of others as being better than yourself. Don't be concerned only about your own interests but also be concerned about the interest of others. Humility does not mean that you think less of yourself. It just means that you think more of other people. You know, when you become interested in other people, 
around, the people that are around you, guess what? You become more interesting to be around. It's just a fact. Humility, I believe, blesses relationships. Humility will allow you to not always have to be right about everything. When you're humble, I think it's easier to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I need help. I'm struggling. I uh, uh, have studied church history. Uh, You know, I love church history. And uh, St. Francis Assisi, he was a monk in in the early church. And uh, he had this method for maintaining humility. In fact, if you read his uh, memoirs, uh, very interesting. Anytime someone would praise him, in order for him to stay humble, he said he would go to a fellow monk and he would ask them to tell him all his faults. And so he would ask the other monks because he, he wasn't married. And so m- most of us do not need to go ask a monk. Just go home today and, and you'll find out, you know. He, our spouse many times keeps, keeps us humble and we kind of laugh about that. But um, I would say this. It's not your job to keep your spouse humble. It's your job to love your spouse. It's God's job to keep them humble. Humility, though, friends, improves relationships. It always improves relationships. When when you're full of pride, well, you get bruised easy. You become more sensitive uh, about what people say. And on the other hand, I've discovered when when I walk humbly with, with God... And allow God to guide my steps. Just being who I am. Being honest that I need to depend on God to make it through the day. I find I'm almost immune to to insults. When I'm walking humbly with God, it changes my attitude. It can change your attitude. You know, you come to a point where you go, you know, they may be right. They may be wrong, but I'm just trying to please God. And friends, when you're poor in spirit, when you walk humbly with God, you you don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend that, that you're perfect or that you've got it all together. And what happens is humility will reduce your stress, and it'll also change your relationships, and it blesses you. And humility will unleash the power of God in your life. Now, could anybody use the power of God in their life these days? Hmm? You know, James says this. He says, uh, God gives strength to the humble, but sets himself against the proud and the haughty. The, the Bible says that the secret to spiritual power is to walk humbly before God, to recognize your your need and your dependency on God. You know, the the last six months have have been weird. That's the best word I can come up with. Challenging. Difficult. And as I've done many times in in my life, when when things get challenging and difficult, I, I just step back and I think about how I am blessed. Always have done that. 
And so I did that. I just stepped back and said, okay, how have I been blessed? And I thought about my wife, my kids, my grandkids, all the, all the joy that they, they just spill into my life. And then I thought about the ministry of faith fellowship and everything God's doing through this church. And I will tell you, they're, they're just, it was like a flood. I got overwhelmed by God's graciousness. You know, I, in those moments of, uh, where I kind of am reviewing and looking at my life, I, uh, I have always had a deep sense of inadequacy fear along the way I, I kind of keep it to myself but there have been many times I have lacked the strength I, I will tell you leading is lonely at times but I will tell you God has always filled the gap I, I am blessed my God is able my God is good I know that the fact is, God took a skinny kid. I know I'm not skinny anymore, but I was Memphis, Tennessee. And God said, I'm going to use him. See, I'm blessed. And I am humbled by what God's done. I, I've shared this before. I, I have a ritual I go through every week. I'm pretty regimented in my life. And uh, when I'm putting a message together, when I sit down and start, start working, I just go, okay, here we go again, God. I'm, I'm yours. Use me. And I just start the process. Reading God's word, seeing what it says, trying to see where God wants to take me. And I have found when I humble myself before God and express my dependency on him, that he strengthens me, and he guides me. And I also understand I can't meet everyone's needs. Nobody can. Nobody can do that. But, but what I've found is when, when I truly humble myself and, and do that, what God does, it amazes me. You know, because I'll have someone come up just about every week, and they'll, they'll go, how did you know? That's exactly what I needed to hear. And, and you know, if you've ever done that, every once in a while, I'll say, well, I keep your picture on my, on my desk. And, and I go, what do they need to hear today? And, uh, you know, and I kind of joke around. But there are sometimes I'm putting a message together, and I'll be honest, I'm looking at what I'm writing and where it's going. I'm like, this just isn't working. I mean, this, is, this isn't working for me, God. But here's what I've learned. Through the years, I have learned to trust God and to trust that process. And when I take my attitude to God and say, use me, God uses me. Even when it sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But God uses me not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And what amazes me even more is those times when I struggle the most. 
and those times when I, I just go, I really don't get it, and I'm exhausted, and this doesn't seem to be coming together the way I want. Those are the times I get the most response. I have a lot of conversations. I get more texts, more emails, more calls. And I, I think that's God's way of reminding me, it's not me, it's him. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, I, I say it's God humor, where he's like, eh, I'll show you. You thought it was terrible. We'll see what happens here. Friends, God can take something that's less and make it more. When I can't, God can. When I can't, God can. Have you, have you figured that out? When you can't, God can. Paul says it this way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There, there is a principle at work here. There, there is a secret strength when you admit your weakness to God. There, there is a secret power when you admit that you are helpless in a situation. There is a secret happiness that you will find in humility. And there is a secret victory when there is total surrender and you depend totally on God. And friends, you got to get that. You need Jesus Christ in your life. You need the power of God to make it. God is willing to pour it out in your life, to pour it out in your situation. But friends, you've got to ask for it. You've got to admit that you need God's help, that you need God in that situation. Because when you recognize that apart from Jesus Christ, you can do absolutely nothing, Till you figure that out, life will mess you up. You know, when you have that attitude, God, I'm yours. I depend on you for everything. When you have that, God will give you supernatural power in your life. Do you realize you can't even get up and take a breath without God? You need God for everything, whether you realize it or not. You need God's power to get through the problems in your life. Problems you can't change. You've tried, right? You know, those areas of your life where you, you want to control it, but you can't. You know, those relationships that are falling apart and you feel powerless to make a difference in it. Friends, admit it. Just admit it, own it, give it to God. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. It's coming to that kind of understanding in your life. And so here's what I want to ask you today. Where do you need to practice humility? Where do you need to depend on God more? Where do you need God's power in your life? Identify it. Own it and ask God to intervene in it. See, God's power only comes, it only comes when you walk with humility and say, help me, Lord. I can't. 
but you can. I can't, but you can, God. And friends, when, when you come to that place, some of you, maybe you're there right now, and you say, God, I can't, but you can. God looks down and goes, oh, there is nothing I will not do for that person. The kingdom of heaven will be at their disposal. It'll get involved. So, I challenge you to put that verse to your mind this week. Memorize it. It's short. It's, it's simple. But it is profound. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed is the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Friends, God's waiting to get involved in your life. You are blessed. Do you believe that? You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed every single day. Even when it's, you go, man, that was a bad day. You are blessed. Own it. Understand that. It, it will change how you live. Quit listening to the noise out there. Quit listening to all the negative garbage. And just listen to God. And realize you are blessed. You are blessed. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, we know we need you. And God, forgive us when we're chasing the wrong stuff. God, just help all of us this week to step back and to just acknowledge how blessed we are. God, change our attitudes. Work in us. Help us to look at things from a new perspective. God, you have blessed us in ways that goes beyond anything we could have asked for or imagined. God, may we be a light in this world. And we give hope to a world that feels hopeless. God, when everybody else goes negative, help us go positive. Help us talk about how blessed we are as a people. We've been blessed in our families. We've been blessed in so many ways. God, help us to recognize that. Realize they're all gifts from you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God's people said? Amen. Amen. Blessed and worship and let God know we're blessed.